Is peace just a nice idea? Or is it an attainable reality? I try to live in peace, and outwardly things seem okay. But inside, I'm never still. Life keeps weighing down on me so heavily, and I can't bear the weight much longer. Yet who will provide for my family? Who will give me direction in life? I want to believe that I have a purpose, but I'm just not sure about the future. I work and toil every day, but to what end? Will all of this amount to anything? I feel stuck, like I've been in the same place for so long. Jesus said he grants me peace, but where is that in reality? I can't seem to find peace no matter where I turn or how hard I try to grasp it. Life just seems to never give me a break. It never gives me a chance to sit down and breathe. It always demands for me, and I feel like I can no longer keep on giving. I feel so alone, so disconnected from the people around me. Can I find peace? Can I be at ease? Can I experience the life the Father promised me? I know that He paid for it all on the cross and that I am free, but how do I let go of the past that still troubles me? and let peace become my reality. My thoughts wrestle inside of me. I just want to be free. How do I see past my untainted vision of reality? How do I break free from this constant anxiety? Jesus, save me. Speak to me. Still the war that's inside my mind. Bring your peace to this restless life of mine. I just want to pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would just have this service, that you would just focus our minds and our hearts on you. God, I pray that you would give peace we've never had peace before. God, that your presence would just come and manifest itself in this church today. God, that you give people rest. Let them know that you are the peace bringer, that you are the prince of peace. And God, I pray that through this message, that people's lives would be changed, that through the worship, that people's lives would be changed, through the people of this church, our lives would be changed. Lord, we give you this service. Focus our hearts and our minds on you. God, we need peace this morning. Thank you, Father, for your peace. God, we love you. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. Amen. Amen. Welcome for being welcome this morning. Thank you for being here. If you're a guest this morning, I, I just want to say thank you. We love you. And if you haven't had a chance 
yet to see a greeter, make sure you do that at the back. There's a welcome center back there. We'd love to get to know you. If you haven't had an opportunity yet, on your, behind your chairs, there should be like a welcome card. You fill that connection card out for it, give it to us. Uh, we'll give you a gift and a big smile from ear to ear and say thank you for being here. We love you. And it's going to be a good day this morning. Amen. How many of you have had like a rough day this morning? Like it was like a battle to get here. Okay, like half of y'all were late, so I know something was up. Like donuts were on sale or something. It's been a fun morning around here, but you know what? God's still in control. God's the God of peace. He brings the peace. And uh, and so for the last few weeks, we've been, uh, actually the last few weeks, last week we started a new series called Full of It. And we talked about, if you remember anything about that message, and if you didn't catch that message last week, uh, you can go online, uh, go to our website, wcffamily.com. There's a listen tab. Just hit listen. It has all our messages from like two or three years on there. So you can go on there and listen to those. Listen to the one last week. We talked about hope. If you remember, we talked about hope, that hope was the expectation of something good. Remember, we talked about hope and, and that we have that expectation that God's always going to be doing something good and that our hope comes from only Jesus Christ. Because if we had our hope in anything else, then those things can always fall away and, and they're not always stable, but Jesus Christ is stable. And that's where our hope is, is in him and eternity. And we talked about the things being full, that we want to be full of hope, because when we're full of hope, we're able to pour that hope into other people. And God fills us with that hope so we can be useful for his kingdom. And so that's what we learned last week. And so this week we're going to continue that thought, and we're talking about peace. Who likes peace? We all want peace. We're always looking for peace. And uh, one thing to remember is, is that we can have hope and not have peace. Like, we can be hopeful. Well, God's going to bring something good out of this. But then still in our hearts, we're anxious. And, and, and we're like, well, maybe God will. Maybe he won't. But I have hope that he will. And it's going to be good. But we're still kind of full of anxiety, full of fears, full of doubts. But it's impossible for us to have peace without hope. It's impossible. So we have to have that first foundation of hope. And then when we have hope, then we can truly have peace. And so what, we, how we structured these messages, we have hope, peace, and joy, and you can't really have joy unless you have hope and peace. And when you get hope and peace, then you can really have joy. And the last we're talking about is the Holy Spirit who brings all that in. And so please don't miss any of these. Uh, and if you do, you, like I said, you can go on and listen to them. Uh, it's very important because I think as Christians, we have the attributes of hope, joy, and peace. They should be flowing out of us onto other people. It's not that unbelievers don't have these things. I mean, they have hope, they have joy, they have peace. But we as believers, we as, as Christ followers, should have a greater being of that because we understand that everything comes from him and that there's eternity in our hearts and our hope is in Jesus Christ, not for just this world, but for the world to come. And and so that's where the joy and the hope and the peace comes from. And so we need to remember that, that we need hope, we need peace, and then when we get that, we get joy. And so next week we're going to be talking about joy. So this is what I want everybody to do. I want you to just close your eyes. Close your eyes. And go to that place where it's just peaceful. Can you just imagine? Just go right right now. I'm thinking of it right now. It's so peaceful. There's nobody around me. The sun's warm. The ocean's just pouring in. I can hear the ocean. Go to that place. Where is that place that you find peace? I'm going to pick on somebody. David, where do you go to find peace? Where's that place? What do you imagine just now? Very good. Lexi, where do you find peace? I just feel 
Hey, the ocean's a good place. Maddie, you're young. Where do you go for peace? A waterfall. Very good. Randall, I'm scared to ask. Where do you find peace? Waterburger. <laughs> Waterburger. Worship music. Very good. You know, when, when, I had, when my kids were very young, and for you that have young kids, where is that place of peace? You know. Come on, shout it out. It's cool. The bathroom. Right? It's like the sanctuary in the house. You go and you lock the door and you just shut everything out. But, you know, like kids, it's like, the, have you ever seen that uh, movie uh, Signs? You know, the little alien finger comes up under the door and it's like, you know, that's, 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 and the peace is short-lived. We all love peace and we all want peace. And, and God offers us peace. Jesus said, I come to give you peace. And it's, it's hard for us because peace eludes us a lot of times. Peace eludes us a whole lot. <laughs> and so the question was, you know, where do you find your peace? For a lot of us, it's, it's somewhere that we can escape, isolation, somewhere we can go to a quiet place. But for many, for many people, uh, it's not always a good place. Maybe it's at the end of a bottle. Maybe it's medication, and I'm not against medication. But maybe we find our peace in other things that aren't necessarily great for us, but we, we find... We find some relaxation there. We find some hope there. We find some peace in that place, a place of stillness. And we, we use things to do that. Maybe we look in a screen. We go home from work. We've had a rough day. We go and plop ourselves in front of a TV. And we just zone out. Right? It's like peace. Nobody's there. It's just me and the TV. Maybe it's YouTube. Maybe it's Facebook. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's video games. You know, it's kind of the place where we just kind of cut ourselves off from everybody else. Guys, we're good at this, right? Women, you know, right? In front of the TV watching. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, oh, were you talking? I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. We zone out because we, we're, we find that isolation and we're just, we want to shut everything out. And, and that's what we do with things. And it's not always good. Like I said, drinking. I mean, we, we drink alcohol so just we can shut everything out. I'm not against drinking. I'm not saying that you can't drink and it's horrible. But I'm just saying that, you know, what do we do to get that peace? Where are we trying to find our peace? See, we define peace as this, the absence of conflict and troubles. The absence of conflict or troubles. That's, that's peace to us, right? We don't want any conflict. We don't want any troubles. We want everything to be good and, and everything to just go right, smooth, and gravy, right? That's, that's peace. That's our peace. But his peace, and that's the name of the message today, is his peace, is different. It's not necessarily absence of those things. It's something else. It's something else. We all want peace. And ultimately, we will have peace. When Jesus comes back and, you know, God makes the new heavens and new earth, there's going to be this peace that, that we could never understand. And we're like, thank you, Jesus. We want that now, right? And so there's going to be peace ultimately. But what about right here? And what about right now? And so, hello. We got some technical problems. That's good. In John chapter 14, verse 27, this is what he says. He says, peace. Hello, we good? Peace I leave with you. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. My peace I give you. Do not, I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Peace I leave with you, my peace. It's his peace. And then he says, I give to you, not as the world gives. 
So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The peace that Christ gives us, it's, it's not like the world peace where it can be so easily taken away. I mean, if you're at the beach and everything's good, it, what happens, eventually somebody will come and ruin your day. Somebody will come and kick sand on you. Some little kid will come by and step on your sandwich. You know, this really happened, obviously. And then it's like, come on, man, I'm trying to have some peace and quiet here, and you're just ruining my day. Sea, seagulls, you know, they come by. And they ruin your peace. And this peace that this world offers, it's, it's, so, it's so flighty. I mean, it's, it's, you can go like this in an instant. When you're in the bathroom, you want, you know, the kids are there, man. They're knocking on the door. Mommy, Daddy, right? There's no peace. We want peace. And the only peace that we can get is what God offers us. And he says, I give to you my peace right here, right now. It's not peace to come. He says, I'm giving you my peace right now. He says, peace I leave with you. I'm leaving, but I'm giving you my peace right now. His peace is eternal, and it's internal. We're always looking for this external peace, right? No conflict, no wars, nothing going on, everything good. But what he gives us is different. It's an eternal peace, meaning that Jesus made us right with God. And because he made us right with God, we are now eternally at peace with God. And God now calls us sons and daughters. We poured out all our wrath on him on the cross. God pulled out all his wrath on himself. We, he paid the price for us. And now we're at peace with God. And he says, come to me. You're freely, you can come to me. You're no longer at war with me. I'm no longer your adversary. So we have, internal, we have eternal peace through Jesus Christ, and we have internal peace. And that internal peace is knowing that God is with us. That's where our eternal peace comes from. His peace can be with us in the middle of the mess, in the middle of everything that's going on, in the middle of craziness, in the middle of screaming kids, in the, in the middle of your job shutting down, in the middle of your sickness, in the middle of everything. His peace is there, and it's available. And it's there because he is there with us. Peace is not found. In the absence of conflict or strife, it is found only in the presence of someone. That's where our peace is found. I love this story in Mark, and it's in Mark chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to that. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation uh, because it just it words it cool. And so I want to read that. It's Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. This is a story of when Jesus calmed the storm. The disciples are out in the water, and this mighty storm comes. And so we're going to see what happens and how peace is found in the presence of someone. And so it starts in verse 35. He says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, hey, let's cross the other side of the lake. Let's do it. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind them. Although other boats followed. Jesus like, let's get out of here. These people are driving me crazy. And then these boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves are breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Can you imagine this? I mean, you think, just think about this. this. The storm's coming up, water's pouring into the boat. I'm sure it's getting on Jesus. And he's just sleeping back there on a cushion. And the disciples are screaming, trying to mess with everything. And they're screaming, and they're like, we're going to die. Jesus is sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care we're going to drown? Come on, man. 
when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the disciples. Oh, no, the wind. And said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. And they said, who is this man? They asked each other, who is this man? Who is this man? Even the wind and waves obey him. I love that story because it's it's such a story of our life. We have all these anxieties that come, all these things in our lives, all these things we carry around with us. You know, it's the tension behind, you know, between your shoulder blades, tension right here. It's the, you know, the tension headache, right? We have all these tensions and all these fears, all these anxieties that are just lurking in our heart. And it feels like, we can feel like those disciples in the storm, you know, we're getting tossed around and, and as soon as you get to catch a breath, there's another storm and another wave just crashing over you. And you're like, Jesus, I'm drowning. Do you not care that I'm drowning? Are you sleeping? Where are you? What's going on? I mean, this thing's going to take me out. And you feel like those disciples. All the what ifs, the unknown, that wage war on our hearts and on our minds. We're so afraid. We just don't know. It's the unknown. It's that, that's where we lose our peace because we just don't know what's going to happen. You know, we don't know what's going to work out. And so our mind starts coming up with scenarios, right? Well, you know, if this happens, then, oh, my gosh, then this is going to happen. And, and then what if that happens? And then, oh, oh man, man, this is going to happen. And then your mind starts just playing games and running around and, and the issue. And then, and then it gets in your heart. And then everywhere you go, you're pouring out anxiety onto you and onto everybody else. And then they're anxious. And then they're going crazy. And you're just pouring it out. Everywhere you go, you're just pouring it out, pouring it out, pouring it out, pouring out anxiety, pouring out fear, pouring out doubt. And that's not the Christian life. That's not what Jesus wants for us. He doesn't want us to run around and be afraid of everything and, and, and have our thoughts going crazy and our hearts just melting with fear and with doubt. And this is what Jesus said. He says, I give you peace. And I give it to you in a way that nobody else can. We want the storm to calm. We want everything else to be good. But peace comes not from the absence of the storm, but from who is with it in you. That's where peace comes. I love the story of, of Peter where he gets out of the boat and he walks on one. A very familiar story. I mean, if you're at kids' church, you've heard it a hundred times. I love that story because here's Peter and the, and the disciples. Jesus told them, hey, go across the Sea of Galilee. I'll catch up with you. I need to pray because John the Baptist has just been beheaded and I'm in sorrow, so I'm going to go on the mountain and just be with God because I need to be with God right now. I need some peace. And so he sends the disciples out into the sea. And when they get about to the middle of the ocean, it says this great wind comes by. It doesn't say a storm, but just a great wind comes by. And he starts uh, messing with the, with the disciples. And these guys are fishermen, so they know how to boat. I mean, they're not like amateurs. They're not like me. You know, they wouldn't know what to do with a sailboat. But these guys are good. And so they're out in the sea, and this great wind comes up against them. And they're struggling, and they're struggling, and they're fighting. And Jesus is up on the mountaintop praying. It's not written, but I can just imagine that Jesus is looking out in the sea going, man, these guys. And it says about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus walks out to them 
on the sea. With the great wind blowing, with the waves crashing, huge waves moving around. If you've been out in a large body of water, you know what happens. You're getting probably seasick right now thinking about it. And, and so Jesus is walking out there, and they could probably just see the top of his head bouncing around, you know, because the water's doing this. And they look out and say, oh, it's a ghost. There's a ghost out in the water. Somebody drowned here the other day, and there's their ghost. And Jesus looks at them, and he says, be calm. Do not be afraid. It is, it is I. It is I. And Peter looks out. He says, Lord, if it's really you, then call to me. I love the faith of Peter. Peter only had the faith to walk out to Jesus because of what happened last time. Think about that. He was in the storm with, with Jesus when the, when the storm was coming and, and the waves were crashing into the boat. And he saw Jesus get up and rebuke the storm and it calmed. And so he knew that his, sin, his source of peace was standing out in the water. So Peter gets out of the boat, starts walking towards Jesus. And he's doing great. He's, he's doing awesome. He's looking at Jesus and he, he's walking on that unstable water. And he sees Jesus. And then all of a sudden he feels the wind blowing against him. And he looks around, maybe some water got on him. And he starts to sink. He took his eyes off the Lord and started looking at the situation around him. And he starts to sink. And he says, Lord, save me. Save me. He didn't, he, he could have, think about this. Peter could have swam back to the boat. He's a fisherman. I'm sure he knows how to swim. He could have swam back to the boat. He could have cried out, hey, guys, throw me a life raft. I'm drowning out here. Throw me a rope. But he's called out to Jesus. He says, Jesus, save me. He knew where his source of peace was. He knew where his hope was. And it says, immediately, Jesus reached down and grabbed him. And he looked at Peter in the, face, in the eyes and said, Peter, why did you doubt? He wasn't rebuking him. I think it was a, a man filled with love for Peter because Peter was his disciple. He was, and he said, Peter, why did you doubt, man? You were doing so good. Why, why did you doubt? Why were you afraid? Where was your faith in me? And we read that, and it says, well, you have little faith. We think, well... You have faith that you can't walk on water. That's not what he's saying. He said, you don't have faith in me. Where's your faith in me? I was right here. You're right there looking at me. You saw me walk. You were doing it, and you lost faith in me. And I think so many times we take our eyes off Jesus and start focusing on the problem. And there was a beautiful uh, uh, story that somebody wrote in Facebook this week. And uh, they were looking out in the back of the yard just trying to have a peaceful day, right? Just trying to be beautiful. But right in the middle of this yard, this big burn pile because they're, they're doing some remodeling. So there's a big burn pile in the middle of their yard. And they said, you know, I'm trying to find peace, but there's this big, ugly burn pile that's just blocking my view. And they said, then God spoke to me. You have your eyes focused on that burn pile, but look at all the other stuff around it. And I think so many times we get our eyes stuck on the problem and the issue in the storm, and we fail to see the beauty that is around us. We fail to see the peace that is around us. And when we focus on those things, it steals our peace. We start, we're like Peter, we start sinking until we're over our head. Peace comes not from the absence of something or the storm, but from who is in it with you. His peace allows us to be still when everything else is whirling around us. I think of that movie Twister. Yeah, they're in the car and they're driving and there's two little tornadoes like around them. 
and there's cows flying around. You know, you might we got cows. We got cows. And I, I kind of imagine that when I read, when I think about that, that we're kind of in the car and we're driving and we're doing our best to live life. And there's these two tornadoes just kind of spinning stuff around us. You know, we get spun around a little bit, you know, like they did in the movie. And the peace that Jesus gives us doesn't necessarily remove the storm, but it allows us to have peace when everything else is swirling around us. And that's great because we need that kind of peace. Jesus never said it would be easy. We, we didn't, when we signed our Jesus follower car, we said, man, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a Christian. Jesus didn't say, hey, man, your life's going to be gravy now. Just come to me. I'm going to solve all your issues. Just come to me. It's going to be good. You're never going to be sick. You're never going to have your problems. Your life's going to be good. You're going to get raises all the time, right, because you're a Christ follower. He never said that. He said, guess what? You're going to have troubles. I guarantee you're going to have troubles. Your life's going to be hard, and it's going to be hard even because you just follow me. But he says, take heart because I have overcome the world. Take my peace I give to you. Despite everything that's going on, despite the storm that's raging in your heart, Take peace because he is there with you. He is there with you. For some of you, you may be like Peter. You're in the boat and you're wondering if you should go out. Or maybe you've stepped out a little bit. Maybe you you feel like God's called you to ministry of some sort. And you're like, well, I think God wants me to do this. And you've stepped out a little bit and it's gotten hard. And and the waves have came and and the winds come and you've, you've stopped. Maybe some of you, it's a, it's a new job adventure, new job venture, or, or you want to invest in something that, that you feel like God wants you to do that, and you're afraid to step out because, well, you're looking at the circumstances, and you're looking at, well, maybe, maybe this is going to happen, maybe this is going to happen. I feel like God's called me to do this. I really, and it's been, I mean, people have told me, hey, you need to do that. God has told me to tell you to do that, and you haven't done it because you're afraid, you're fearful, you're doubtful. Stop looking at the circumstance. Start looking at Jesus because he has the peace that you need in that. Have peace to do that. Step out. Step out on the unstable ground. It's going to be shaky. It's going to be scary. But we can have peace even in that. And step out into that, what he has for you this morning. I think we need to realize and know trust that Jesus is there. Know that he's there. Trust that he's there. It's easy to say, well, I know Jesus is with me. I know he's there waiting, but we need to trust and we need to know that he is there. How do we do this? How do we do that? How do we know that? How do we put our trust in Jesus? What, what thing can I do to help me put my trust in Jesus? Well, a good thing you ask is Paul, the apostle, tells us how we can do that. He's writing to the Philippian church. Remember last week we talked about what happened to him in Philippi? He got arrested, and he was thrown in prison. And while he was thrown in prison, him and his buddy Silas were in there just praying and singing hymns and and worshiping God in the middle of that chaos. And God came in, caused an earthquake, broke him out of jail. And because of that, uh, everybody in the jail cell was saved, and the jailer was saved came to know Jesus Christ. And so I can imagine while he's writing this letter to these Philippians, he's thinking about that. And he says in verse 4, or chapter 4, verse 5, he gets to this part. The Lord is near. He's like, the Lord's near. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The Lord is near. Do you believe that? Do you know that? Trust that he's there. He's there in everything. We can stop what we're doing and just focus on him and say, Lord, this is crazy right now. I don't know what's going on, but I'm trusting that you're there. Would you just show me that you're there? So know that he is near. Trust that he is near. And when we do that, then we can come to him. We can come to him in every situation. Every situation. I love what Paul says there. Don't be anxious about anything. Really? That's impossible. About anything? Come on. What he's saying is, come on, don't, don't let that anxiety pull in your heart. Don't let that anxiety get in your mind. Don't be anxious like that. But in everything, go to God. In everything, go to God. And I think so many times, we don't go to God with everything. And here's something I've found in my life, and it's probably true in your life, that my anxieties and my fears and my doubts aren't from one huge thing. It's not like this big boulder comes down and crushes me. It's from carrying a lot of things. And we carry these little anxieties around, and they just pile up, and all of a sudden we're carrying too much, and then we just start crashing down. And then when something big does happen, smash. We're carrying so much, and we fail to give it to God. And he's saying, give me everything. Come on. And everything, pray, everything, come to me. Know that I'm near, even in that little bitty thing. You know, it might be a headache. I don't care what it is. Just come to him. It may be somebody at your job that's driving you crazy. Well, I can deal with them. Give it to God. He's saying in everything, don't be anxious. Don't be afraid. Don't be doubtful. Give it to me in little things. When you're driving down the road and people are driving you crazy, give it to God. Don't hold on to it. Because then we're like, you know, you go to the grocery store and you have all these bags in the back. You know, you open the trunk and there's like 50 bags. And guys, we're good at this. We're getting all of them, right? We're getting every bag. We're taking one, truck, one stop. We're taking one trip. We're not coming back. And so we're holding all these bags and we're trying to be macho, right? And then one bag starts ripping, you know? And then everything starts falling out. And we just t- take a little bit at a time. It'd be all good. It's like we're carrying too many bags. I think that's where our tension comes from in our neck. We're just carrying all these anxieties and all this conflict and all this stuff, and we're never giving it to God. We're saying, God, just take this from me. Would you just be in the situation? And when we come to him and we pray to him, we get in his presence, we come to him. That's what he says, come to God. When we come to him, that's what prayer is. We come to him. By prayer, our anxieties and conflict, we ask him to take these things from us because we know he's near. We say, God, take these little things. Take all this little stuff. It's like reaching your hand out like Peter. Lord, save me. We do this by prayer, so we come to him. Second thing he says, with prayer and petition. So prayers, we come to him. First, we need to realize that he's there. Then we come to him. That's prayer. With petition. Petition, supplication, it's two words that are in there. It's just big words for saying asking for it. Just a request to God. And and so you, you know that he's near. You come to him say, God, I'm here Thank you for being here. Would you take this? Would you take these anxieties? Would you, would you take this crazy coworker, please? Take them out? No. But would you just, you know, can you help me here? Can you give me peace? Lord, if you can just keep the kids from knocking on the door once, that'd be great. 
God, would you just help me in this situation? We give him the little pieces as they come. We give him our anxieties. We throw all our anxieties upon him. And we ask him to deal with the situation. Then he says with thanksgiving, this is so vital. So we, come, we, we know that he's near. We come to him. We pray. We ask him to come in the situation. And then we give thanksgiving. Why do we give thanksgiving? Because it helps us remember what he's done before. And that increases our faith. It increases our faith so much. Like I talked about Peter being able to walk out because it happened before. He's seen God work before. And it starts bringing all things to your mind. Man, this happened, and, and God, you did so good. Man, you did amazing. Thank you so much for that. God, this, anxiety, this thing I thought was going to kill me, but Lord, you brought it out, and it's good. I hoped in you, and you proved me right. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And so you can take peace that this thing is not bigger than God. And I think a lot of times we think that our anxieties are bigger than God. It's like the way we just have a bad perspective, like we talked about. We're here in front of the thing, and Jesus is right here, and we just got to get this thing out of the way and look at Jesus. He's bigger than anything we'll ever deal with. He can handle it, he can take it, and he can do something good with it. Like we learned last week, have you not heard that Christ is the everlasting, that God is everlasting? He never grows faint. He never grows weary. He can handle all of our situations. Through the storm, through the wind, through everything, he can handle it. And then it says, when you do those, those things, when you know that he's near, when you come to him in prayer, when you ask him to do something in the situation, and you thank him for what he's done and what he's going to do, he says this, and then the peace of God, his peace, not our peace, not the world's peace, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. We can't wrap our minds around it. We'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When anxiety gets in our heart, like I said, it just flows out of us, onto people, onto everything else. It magnifies the situation. Are you around anxious people? Are you around those people? And you're like, get away from me, right? We, uh, this is a funny story. We, we help with uh, the band. They uh, do the concession stand at the football games. And we went in there, and everything, you know, it's chaotic anyway because you, know, so you got, and it's homecoming, I think. It was like crazy. So you had all these kids ordering this food in the homecoming concession stand and the concession stand. And so we helped with the booster club there, the band booster club. And so we were in there, you were making our nachos, making our hot dogs, being all happy. It was chaos. I mean, there was people everywhere. It was crazy. But there was still a calm there. It's like, ah, it's cool, we got this, you know. I mean, orders are getting behind, but it wasn't a big deal. And then this lady comes in. She's a band mom. And then she's like, ah, running over here, you know. And she's like, got this panic look on her face all the time. And she's like, look, we got to do this. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I just start laughing. Because I'm like, man, this lady needs to chill out. It's going to be okay. Yeah, there's a lot of people. But she just exude chaos, like exude anxiety. It's like she was just revved up, you know, and she would look at people with, you know, big eyes, and, and she was just, I'm like, lady, get out of here, it's okay, <laughs> you know, it's just, it just breathe, it's just pouring out onto the, everybody, and so, and these people started getting anxious, and, and it started bleeding into everything, we're pouring out our stuff on the people, and we're not pouring out anxiety, God wants us to pour out peace on the people, God fills us with peace so that we can pour peace onto other people. So we need to give our anxieties to him. And then when we, 
realize that. He will place a guard over our heart. I love that. I think of this soldier like standing on your heart. Anytime anxiety comes by, he's like, like poking up with a spear, beating it down with a sword, launching a nuke at it. Hey, that's my mind. Scary. I know. It's a scary place. But I, I can imagine that he puts his guard over your heart, and he says you guard your mind. It's a soldier of peace. It's guarding. It's like, it's going to be okay. When things come at you, it's going to be okay. My mind doesn't have to wonder. My heart doesn't have to be anxious because God's got this. He's there. He's right here with me in the situation. And we know that he's there. Trust that he's there. Because like I said, peace doesn't come. In the storm, a lot of times, it comes from who's there with you in it. And we need to realize that God's there with you in it. And he's not going to let you drown. He's not, the water may be coming in the boat like the disciples, and you feel like the boat's sinking, but he's not going to let you drown. He's there with you. He's saying, don't doubt. Don't doubt. I want to give you peace. I want to give you hope, and I want you to pour that out on other people. The Bible says that Paul's talking about the armor that we put on as Christians. He's kind of saying these attributes of, of a Christ follower, and he says, when you get up in the morning... Put on your shoes of the readiness of the gospel of peace. We put on shoes of the readiness of the gospel of peace. What does that mean? That means when we get up in the morning, we put on shoes to bring the gospel of peace to other people, that we are to be the peace bringers. Jesus said, blessed are the peace, what? Makers. We are the peacemakers, and and we are to go and make peace wherever we go. We are to proclaim that, hey, you're not at war with God anymore. You may be mad at God, and you think God hates you, but he doesn't. God loves you so much. You don't understand the love of God. You will never comprehend the love of God, that he died for you and that he loves you so much. I just want you to understand that. You're not at war with God. He's not at war with you. He has waved the flag and said, just come to me. Stop warring with God. He loves you. That's the gospel of peace. And we're able to pour that peace onto other people. I was talking to somebody this week and, uh, he and his wife went on vacation somewhere, and he says, this is what happened. It's the coolest thing. I'm like, all right, man, I want to hear this. And he says, he said, you'll be really proud of me. I'm like, I'm not proud of you. God's proud of you, but I'm proud of you too. He said, we, we went to this place, and we got in this elevator, and when we got in there, there's, there's this lady in there. She was kind of whimpering a little bit, and uh, you can tell she was visibly upset about something. And he said, you know, I just asked her, was like, is everything okay? She goes, yeah, I'm just having a bad day. And uh, he sat there for a few seconds, and then he asked her again, he's like, no, really, I mean, what's going on? I want to hear about it. And she says, okay, my mom has been diagnosed with cancer, and today was her first treatment. And uh, it's been very hard for me. He said, well, can I pray with you? That's all he did is say, hey, can I pray with you? And he said that when he asked her that, she's like, yeah, I won't turn down any prayer. And the elevator stopped and, and it opened. And she goes, this isn't my floor. And he says, well, well, let's go and pray. So he puts his foot in the door so it wouldn't go anywhere. He says, let's go and pray. He says, about this time, this family comes around the corner. And he's like, oh, well, you know, they're going to get on. So he just talk, turns to talk to hey, can we go out, step outside and just pray while these people can go? And this is the coolest thing. It's awesome. The family says, no, I want to be in that. I want to pray with her too. And so him, his wife, and then his family pull around this, this woman that her mom has just been diagnosed with cancer, had a first treatment, and prayed for her, prayed over her. That's pouring peace on the situation. That's pouring hope. And, and I, know this guy, I know he's been through a lot of stuff. And right now, he should not be at peace at all, talking to him. He's going through a lot. 
but he's at peace. He's got the peace that transcends all understanding. And he's able to pour that out on other people. That's what we need as Jesus followers. That's what we need in our life. We need to pour out that peace on other people because God's called us to do that. It's an amazing thing, man. It's amazing. When you wrap your mind around what God wants to use you for, I think so many times you sit back and say, God doesn't want to use me. He can't use me. I'm a nobody. If you look through this, he used a whole bunch of nobodies, a whole lot of people that were jacked up. All right? He used them. I think Lord likes jacked up people because it's his glory he gets out of it. It's not about us. It's about him. It's about them. That's why we're full of it. Amen? That's why we're full of it. Please stand. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, that you have peace that is readily available to us despite our mess, despite everything that's going on. Lord, we love you and we thank you for that. So this is what I want you guys to do. I want you to imagine right now. At the beginning of the message, I talked about finding your happy place, finding your your place of joy and your place of peace, finding that place where you can just get away from it all. I want you to remove yourself from that place and just go to that place where it's chaos. Go to that place, go to that struggle, go to the storm. Go to that storm right now and then just imagine Jesus stepping into it. Imagine him standing there. He is near. The Lord is near. He is in that situation. Trust that he's there. Know that he is there. And give it to the Lord. Give him your anxieties. Give him your cares. Give him your worry. Say, Lord, would you just take this from me? Would you just take this from me right now? Would you carry this, Lord? I'm so tired. Lord, I'm so tired. Would you just take this from me? I don't want to carry this fear, this anxiety anymore. God, would you just take this from me? Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me in the past. God, what you're going to do for me in the future. Thank you, God, for all of your mercies and all of your grace. Thank you, God, for the peace that I have right now. Just let the peace of God wash over you. Let his peace come into your hearts and calm your storm. Because the wind and the waves still know his name. They still know his name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence in our lives. God, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for all that you do for us. God, now fill us up with your peace. Fill us up with your hope and let us walk out of here and pour it out on the people around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Trust that it was an encouragement to you. Please check out our website. All the other information about the church is there, ministries that we offer, uh, the opportunity to give online. Also has contact information. If uh, there's some way that we can serve you or that we can pray for you, we would love to hear from you. Please contact uh, one of our ministry staff members. And uh, once again, just thanks for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.